I see you, yeah you, flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases, a one-size-fits-all quick fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to In the Red Podcast with me, Anthony Hart. You, yeah, you're a part of this wherever you are, whoever you are. I'm excited to have you here with us today because I know this is going to be a one-sided conversation, but I hope that it is a conversation. I hope that some of the things I say, some of the things that I talk about, I hope the conversations that I do invite in this space with people not like me and not like you challenge you to have that conversation with yourself to begin to open doors of conversation for you with other people just like you or hopefully people not like you because we can get locked in a box. We can surround ourselves with people just like us who think like us, act like us, sound like us, and we'll never be stretched. We'll never grow. We'll have such a limited perspective and it can happen in all things. Well, first, right off the bat, I got to get some things out of the way to make sure we get this covered because I always miss them. I just jump right into the information, where we're going, the conversation. I can forget this. So I'm learning. I have a little sticky note here on my computer screen to remind me that I want to encourage all of you to follow this podcast. Please, all you have to do is click the follow button. Second, I want you to download this. And you're like, I don't need to download. I can listen to it. I can assure you, it won't take you two seconds to hit download, and then you can go back and undownload it if you want. But for some reason, this adds to the numbers, does something to some metric somewhere that says, hey, people are checking this podcast out, downloading it, which gives it more value. And then the last thing I want to encourage you to do is leave a review. If something we've talked about, if some place that we've connected with connects with you and you said, I want somebody to know about this, it doesn't take long. Drop a five star, preferably, or whatever star you believe in, and a little write-up right there. It won't take you five seconds, but it would be much appreciated because we want to get the word out. We hope that this podcast is one where open conversation can occur, and more of that is coming. We hope it's a podcast where hope is found, where value is found. I think we have too many people walking around in the world today, isolated, looking for value in all the wrong places. Like the old country song says, looking for love in all the wrong places. I think they're looking for value in all the wrong places. And what we want to do here is establish and connect them to the source of value. And that is, for me as a pastor, that connection to our creator, the one who designed us, created us in his unique image. Because when he did, he said, this person, this individual has value. And I don't I don't believe that there's anyone on this earth that does not have value because they've been created. 
So I want you to hold on to that and tap into that. If that's you today, if you just feel valueless, if you feel like you're bouncing from relationship to relationship, job to job, looking for something to give you value, you'll never find it there. Okay, now that we're off that soapbox, now that I've invited you into this place of conversation, maybe the title snuck you in today. Maybe you've never checked this podcast out and you're looking for something different and you just happen to look at the title of this podcast today and you say, whoa, that's an eye catcher. That's something different, regardless of where you stand on the church concept, uh, the Christian mindset. Satan Club grabbed your attention, right? Maybe you've listened to the podcast before and you're like, ooh, this one's going to be a juicy one. What's this? Or maybe you live in my local area and this is a very hotbed topic right now. This is something that's really caught your time, energy, and attention over the last couple of weeks. See, I want to talk about something that occurred here in Chesapeake, Virginia, just recently. And I want to talk about it probably not from the direction you think I'm going to come. See, as a pastor, you're going to think or assume maybe that I have one direction because you've seen all the other responses if you're local or you've seen responses to issues like this in the past and you feel like, yep, yeah, I know how these Christians are. I see the responses. I know where his heart lies. Well, I hope after you leave this episode, I hope after you spend the short amount of time with me that you can see the glimpse of another perspective, one that I've learned, one that's grown by spending time with people who are not like me, who don't sound like me, look like me, or act like me. So just recently, here in one of our local elementary schools, a school that has a Good News Bible Club, has been for years, and it's a place where church Christian people uh, spend this after-school club with elementary school students, teaching them stories of the Bible, teaching them about Jesus. Well, because of the country we live in and the freedom of religion we have, we have to understand it was only a matter of time before somebody realized that they could use their religious preference, no matter what it is, to initiate and start a club in the same manner. And we've seen this throughout the United States now. A lot of these schools that have these Good News Bible Clubs, now this group, the Satanic Temple, I believe, is the name of the organization the satanic church, if you will, has started these after-school clubs or attempted to have put in registrations for these schools to start an after-school Satan club. Yeah, I know. It throws you off, right? It's it's already like, mm, because even if you're not a Christian, our perspective, our view of Satan is this really scary looking dude with horns and a tail. And he's red and just an evil person. So, even if you're not a Christian, you're like, why would I want to join the club that's got Satan at the core, at the heart of it? Okay? So as this popped up, as this group, this organization, this nationwide organization dropped this registration or uh, permission, uh, petition to get this after-school club, as you can imagine, the school sent out an email to parents, and there was a great uproar from the Christian community here locally that this could have happened. And over the course of a few days, I can honestly tell you as a Christian, I was ashamed, ashamed of the responses received because of this moment in time, this petition that this organization did. And not even the ones aimed at those people, but just as bad as those, because 
they instantly began to war and rage and battle against them. And yeah, we don't do physical battles anymore because social media has given us a platform or a battlefield that we can do whatever we want and say whatever we want in our general feel that we are right and we have the right thing to do. So in that moment, social media blew up. People were um, talking about staging walk-ins and sit-downs and all the things, petitions to the school uh, principal and staff, so petition to the school board, all of these things. And there was a general just uproar over this. And in the midst of all of that, I saw some of the nastiest things, the, the nastiest comments hurled at people they didn't even know. Things like people saying, I hope this all this school administration burns in hell. Hmm. Weird. They didn't even stop to take notice or even ask if any of those school administrators or staff, school board, if any of those were Christians, if any of them were struggling with this decision, maybe as much as they were. Yeah, because we live in a country where we have freedom of a religion. So the moment this petition was put in, because the school has opened its doors to a Good News Bible Club, if this after-school club is based in a religion, then because of that, they're almost required to fulfill this to uphold the freedom of religion in this country. See, Christians, we fight a lot for freedom. And we love to use it when it benefits us. But the moment it does it, the moment it challenges our beliefs, we want to push back and say that the laws and the freedoms are against us. See, I want to say a couple of things today. First, I want to say this is a threat to us, but not in the way you would think. See, for too long, we've allowed these after-school clubs like this Good News Bible Club to fulfill the role that we as parents should have been doing in our own homes. We've gotten lazy or we've gotten busy either way. And we've just accepted the fact that if we send our kids to these clubs or if we send our kids to our these vacation Bible schools and these churches, that this will fill the gap that parents should have played in the home of introducing them to the good news. I told you I wasn't going to take the typical path. See, I think this is a call to us. I'm a firm believer in separation of church and state because I believe the state will never be able to fulfill the role that the church was made to be. However, here in America, because this country was built on Christian principles, we have arrived at a place where we believe the state is fulfilling our church role. We've even allowed it to drive and dictate our political agendas. We've jumped on political trains to go down one road without realizing the hurt that it's caused, without realizing that it's not completely after the heart of God. It may address certain topics, but I can assure you there's not a political party out there now who is truly seeking the heart and the face of God. But then I began to think from another perspective, because I got a copy of this flyer. Someone sent it to me and said, Pastor, have you read this flyer? Have you seen this? And I'll read it to you. The Instagram post said this. 
The After School Satan Club is there for the children of Chesapeake, Virginia. Join an environment free from threats of eternal damnation. Join an environment free from threats of eternal damnation. See, this is how my mind works. As I begin to read this flyer, as I begin to hear this post, I begin to feel some conviction. Because what's happening is they're using our own words against us. They're using our own methods against us. Our churches have become, many of our churches, not all of them, but there's some churches that the moment you walk in, all you hear is fear, 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 death, 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 eternal damnation, eternal damnation. Change your ways or go to hell. That's become the message of the church. You scan on down to the actual flyer and it says this. Hey, kids, let's have fun at After School Satan Club. Parents, your child will learn benevolence and empathy, critical thinking, problem solving, creative expression, personal sovereignty and compassion. Once again, the conviction jumped up on my radar. How can this club say that they're going to teach our kids benevolence, empathy, and compassion? See, if our kids were already aware or already being taught benevolence, empathy, and compassion, there wouldn't be a void where this could be taught, where the need or the necessity of our kids learning this would be there. See, my conviction was this. As the church, we have sacrificed the teachings of benevolence, empathy, and compassion for fear and for threats of eternal damnation. I truly believe that this club is offering a counterfeit version of what true empathy and true compassion looks like. But because the church has not chased after that. The church has not been in the word to become a place of hope, a place of empathy, a place of compassion for those who are in need. Instead, we point our finger instead of holding out our hand. In that place of void, in that place where there has not been empathy and compassion to the manner and the method that it was the church was designed to be and to give. Now, this club, this entity can creep in and offer and provide a counterfeit model of what God's heart was for empathy and compassion. See, I wasn't offended when I read this flyer. Maybe this one uh, affected more people because it was in their face, but it's happening every day. As a person who believes in God, who believes that he created me and that he sent his son to die for me because I was a mess and I make mistakes. And to give me a way out of that, to let me know that there's a better way, to let me know that even though I make mistakes, that I have value, that I've been created with purpose, that I have hope. See, what happened in this situation, the moment this flyer was sent out, the moment people will begin to be affected by this in their emotions, what I heard was a hopeless cry. I heard Christians say, this world is hopeless. I'm just ready to go to heaven. See, I don't believe if you truly have hope in you, that hopeless situations around you will affect you to the level of that. I didn't lose hope because my hope wasn't in people. I didn't lose hope 
because my hope wasn't in Bible clubs. I didn't lose hope because my hope wasn't in the school system. See, I realize we live in a flawed world. I realize we as the church have made mistakes and not done what we've been called to do. And I realize that there are people who have been hurt, wounded by church. That are willing to accept models like this to push back against that hurt. See, I don't think many people who even connect or align with this Satan club even realize the name that's associated with it and what it truly means. Because when you look at the flyer, they say this. The Satanic Temple is a non-theistic religion that views Satan as a literary figure who represents a metaphorical construct of rejecting tyranny and championing the human mind and spirit. After School Satan Club does not attempt to convert children to any religious ideology. Instead, the Satanic Temple supports children to think for themselves. All After School Satan Clubs are based on activities centered around the seven fundamental tenets and emphasize a scientific, rationalist, non-superstitious worldview. See, my heart cries out for people that are struggling in that space that feel like the self-governing or as they the verbiage that's used personal sovereignty is the answer i've also been blessed to operate in circles of entrepreneurs business people and self-help concepts. And I find this often at some of these conferences I've attended and am allowed to speak at is there's so many people who are looking for answers and they go to these conferences being offered something in the self-help realm. There's books after books and self-help that if you read this book, it's supposed to help you figure out the problem and change some things in your life to help yourself either become financially astute, to become successful in business, marriage, family, all the things. See, the problem with that is many of those books, we read the stories, we hear the ways of how somebody accomplished this in their own life. But what we fail to see is that they had to walk through their mistakes, their problems. They had to backtrack some of the things in their life that were broken. Otherwise, that person will write self-help book after self-help book after self-help book, constantly trying to move to a next place and not realizing that it's all bound to a place of brokenness from before. See, the one thing I will tell you today is the biggest thing you can do to figure out maybe what's wrong with you, to figure out how to help yourself is to figure out who's really trying to help you and who's trying to hold you back. See, this church, this is why I have a problem with us. The things that we say, the things that we do, knowingly or unknowingly, push us to a position where it feels like we're establishing or attempting to establish control and sovereignty over them. We're not inviting people into a place of sovereignty by God anymore. We're inviting them into an organization 
that is sovereign and governed by the church. Church people. People that are just like those people we're trying to put in place to hold under our rule, to hold under our thumb, under fear of eternal damnation if they don't change their ways and look like us, act like us, sound like us. See, I'm not offended today because of this club. What I hear is people crying out, looking for an answer. See, I'm not hopeless today because I know they don't have the answer. I know what they're teaching these kids will be empty. I know it's not going to give them what they're looking for because I know each and every one of us are searching for something. And we've looked in a lot of places. We've looked in the bottom of a bottle. We've looked in a bed with anybody and everybody. That's why our suicide numbers are going up. That's why depression is off the chart. That's why isolation has occurred. Because we've looked everywhere and we can't find it. And we get to a place of numbness where we feel like if we couldn't find it in all those things, maybe it's not there to find. And the church should have been the open door. The church should have been the extended hand. The church should have been the shoulder to cry on. The church should have been the ear to listen. But instead, we put a red rope outside our doors and we said, you got to fit the bill to come in. You got to change your ways to come in. You got to have it all together. You got to be willing to let it all go to walk in here and be a part of us. When realistically, all they had to do was get good at hiding at it, hiding it like we do. I'm here to tell you today that not all of us are like that. I've surrounded myself with a group of people, a village, a gaggle of fraggles of people who are willing to walk alongside people who don't look like us, act like us, sound like us, who are willing to listen to the heart's cry. Who may have a step or two ahead of you, but are willing to stop, slow down and walk with you. Listen to what you're talking about and why you're talking about that to help you in your time of need without any expectation that you become like us. I found it's that place, that place of relationship, that place of connection. See, Romans 15, 13 says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. What does that scripture say to me? That because the God of hope has filled me with joy and peace because of believing, because I believe in him, the moment an after school Satan club drops, the moment something like this hits the streets, I have joy and I have peace and I have hope. And it's by that and the power of the Holy Spirit to undo me, to walk me into all understanding and to help me to see where I've missed it and inherit where I need to grow to get it right, that I can carry hope to all people, not just Christians in a church building, but I can take hope to that staff and that administration that have to make a decision based on the guidelines they've been given. And although they may not believe alongside that, and although they, they may have a struggle inside them to say, why do I have to do this? But they're held accountable by law that we've held as a blanket of safety for too long. I hope that I'm hope for some of these people who have selected this, this theistic solution or path. 
I hope that I can have a conversation. I hope I can meet them in public and interact with them in a way that they don't even, I'm not preaching at them, but I'm living life with them and they can see something inside me. Just as Peter said in 1 Peter 15, 13. Be ready to give a defense for the hope that I have in me. But do it with gentleness and respect. What I found out this week was there's too many in the church who's struggling with their own personal hope. Because the moment hopelessness, hopelessness around them sets in, it challenges their hope. What I also found is there's a group of people with hope, but don't know how to deliver it with gentleness and respect. I want to challenge you today. I hope this has sparked something in you. I hope it's opened your ears. I hope this challenges you to look in the mirror and say, how have I been a part of the problem? How did we get to this place? What do I need to do to change my perspective? Who do I need to invite into my space either to make a difference in me or for me to position myself to make a difference to them? See, I want everybody to learn and hear and meet this Jesus because he gave me hope when I was hopeless. He gave me value when I felt like I'd missed the boat, when I felt like I'd messed up and couldn't get back. See, I don't do this because I have to. I do this because I was seen in a place that I shouldn't have been seen. I was valued in a place that I shouldn't have been valued. When I read that book, I don't feel like if I don't do this or I don't do that, I'm going to hell. No. This thing helps me unlock things in my life, challenges me to get better, helps me and positions me to be that hand to someone else. Thank you for joining me today. God bless you. I hope you tune back in. I haven't pushed you away. I do hope I stepped on your toes a little bit, but that's okay. I didn't put your toes there. I didn't put your name in that blank. You did. But you know what? We'll do this together. We'll be stronger tomorrow. We'll lean on one another. We'll figure it out. Have conversations. Sit around a table. Initiate relationships with people differing than you in hopes that your perspective can be expanded. God bless you. Let's go.